Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the July 2016 CTSS quiz. There were 10 terrific cases, which hopefully you all got right, or more importantly, hopefully you learned something from. And with that, let's get started. In this case, the question is, what's the best diagnosis for this middle-aged female with fever? Now, when you look at the images, what you'll notice on the axial and coronal, there's an abnormality in the right kidney. There's the decreased enhancement, and there's also some perirenal stranding. So you're thinking, could this be tumor? Could this be infection? Could this be trauma? Well, it really doesn't have the look of trauma, nor is there a history of trauma, and the patient's febrile. So really what you're thinking about more than anything is infection. And if I look at this case without thinking or thinking too hard, I'm thinking about polynephritis. So you look at the possibilities, renal infarction, that can be wedge-shaped, often sharply marginated, often without stranding around the kidney. Theoretically possible. This does not look like a transitional cell carcinoma. This is not an abscess, and so the best diagnosis is indeed acute polynephritis. Acute pilo is best seen with contrast, early phase versus late phase. Usually it's seen in both phases, though often the later phase might be better in subtle cases. But here's a very nice example of acute polynephritis. This patient uh, has a cystic lesion in the right pericardiac zone, and you could say, what could this be? Lymphoma, you can get lymphoma in that region. You get pericardiac nodes, but those are solid. This is one big cystic lesion. You can get a morgagni hernia. More commonly, you get Bogdanlock hernias, but those are posterior, the Bogdanlocks and the morgagnia forward, but usually you'll see bowel in those hernias or something. Often fat, but this is fluid, so unlikely. Abscesses in this region are exceedingly rare, and if you had one, you'd see stuff in the lungs as well. So this is a classic example of a pericardial cyst. It's a great location. Pericardial cysts are much more common on the right than on the left side. This patient has hematuria, and I asked what's the best diagnosis. The key thing to look at is these are two images from CT urograms, and what you really notice when you look carefully is the abnormality in the left ureter, and you see it's irregular. Now, infection, you, you can get the ureter involved with infection, but then the kidneys typically also involve maybe the bladder. Ischemia is exceedingly rare. You can see strictures. Metastasis to the ureter can occur, but they're usually solitary. And with metastasis, which come from things like breast cancer, for example, lung cancer, melanoma, usually you see a discrete mass or you see mass effect and you see obstruction. In this case, it's more of an infiltrating process. And I would give you some credit if you said infection. I would give you some credit that you were at least thinking if you said these were varices, if the patient did have uh, gonadal vein varices, that can be a possibility. But the most likely diagnosis and the correct diagnosis in this case was transitional cell carcinoma. We always make the point that TCC can occur in the ureter as well as in the renal pelvis, as well as in the bladder, and it's the 3D imaging which is really ideal for making the diagnosis. In this case, I'm asking what the most likely diagnosis in this case is. And what you see is a large mass in the head of the pancreas. It's necrotic. Appears to involve the second and third portion of duodenum. When you look at the venous phase MIP imaging, you can see the portal vein is encased and portal vein SMV confluence encased with near occlusion of the SMV with collaterals present. 
You can think about the wadalanal carcinoma. That's a possibility. But the epicenter is more toward pancreatic head. Duodenal gist tumors are more solid. Usually you don't see ascites, and the vessel encasement will be unusual. Serous cyst adenoma does not cause vessel encasement. And this is more of a solid mass that's necrotic rather than a cystic mass. So the best diagnosis in this case is a pancreatic adenocarcinoma, which this was, invading vessels, invading duodenum, and giving carcinomatosis with extensive ascites. This is a great case. When you look quickly, you see that the pancreas and liver look okay, except for this bright dot, maybe five millimeters, in the head of the pancreas near the neck, and that's the key finding. What is that vascular lesion? Now, I don't, I'm not giving you non-contrast, and I'm not giving you venous phase imaging. We're all arterial. I will tell you this lesion was essentially gone on venous phase imaging. It's obviously not normal. It's not pancreatitis. If the patient was missing a kidney, renal cell carcinoma metastasis would be a consideration. But this is a classic incidental pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor. The rules these days suggest that a lesion under one sonorant can be followed. Over one CM, it will need surgery. In this case, I ask you what's the most likely diagnosis. Well, let's look at the images, and that makes it easy. When you look at the sagittal view, you see that there's marked narrowing at the origin of the celiac axis. The SMA looks okay. When you look at the axial images, you see lots of vessels around the pancreatic head. And perhaps you're thinking about pancreatic adenocarcinoma with vessel encasement, but you don't see it in the sagittal view. You just see the proximal celiac. It's not a gastric cancer. SMA syndrome, the SMA is perfect. This is classic for median and awkward ligament syndrome. The median awkward ligament compresses and narrows and can occlude, and this almost occludes the patient's celiac. And then you get collateral flow through a dilated GDA, and you have multiple collaterals around the pancreatic head, which explains the axial imaging. Just a beautiful example of a median awkward ligament syndrome. The best diagnosis in this patient uh, with increasing abdominal pain is, and I gave you four choices. When you look at the images, when you look at the coronal on the left, you see there's a mass in the mesentery, about 3cm, which appears to have a vessel going through it. When you look at the MIP image, you see a beautiful representation of the SMA, and then you see the SMA as you get to the iliac or iliacolic vessel. You can see it's encased and nearly occluded, and there are multiple collaterals around. This is a beautiful example of a mass in the mesentery, which is encasing the iliac branch of the SMA. Well, adenocarcinomas can do this, but usually it obstructs or infiltrates. Just tumors typically displace, as do lymphomas. This is the classic example of a carcinoid tumor. The primary mass in the mesentery doesn't quite have the desmoplastic reaction we typically like to see, though it's a little bit more impressive on the MIP imaging, and a beautiful example of a mesenteric mass causing vascular encasement with some early desmoplastic reaction. That was a great example of a carcinoid tumor. The most likely diagnosed in this case with left upper quadrant pain is, well, when you look, you see a mass that's in or near the tail of the pancreas. The mass is slightly vascular. There's some cystic components, and there's a well-defined wall. 
In a young patient, you could consider a spend tumor, but they're usually in the pancreatic head. They're larger and more cystic. IPMNs, those are cystic lesions. If they have solid components, you're thinking about carcinoma. Serous cystadenomas are typically cystic lesions, septations, central calcifications. That's not this lesion. This is beautiful for neuroendocrine tumor. It's not as vascular as many of the neuroendocrine tumors we see, but it is vascular, has a definable wall with some rim enhancement and necrosis. This was a neuroendocrine tumor of the tail of the pancreas. This patient has GI bleed, and I'm asking you that the differential diagnosis includes all of the following except for. Well, when you look at the images, there's a mass a bit over three centimeters in the body of the stomach, and there's some enhancement in the mass. And an intraluminal gist tumor is a great possibility. It could be a polypoid adenocarcinoma. That's a great possibility. The right kidney appears to be gone. This patient had renal cell carcinoma. Could this be metastatic renal cell carcinoma? The answer is yes. It can metastasize to the stomach, as can melanoma. And the last answer was a glomus tumor. Glomus tumors occur in the stomach, but they're small, typically under 2 cm, and they're very, very vascular. This lesion has some vascularity, but it's not hypervascular, and so that's the least likely diagnosis. It would also be the largest glomus tumor I've ever seen. This case, patient has increasing abdominal pain, when you look at the axial images, there's a subtle two centimeter vascular lesion in the small bowel distally in the ilium. There's dilated small bowel, fluid-filled small bowel, and there is, in fact, a desmoplastic reaction adjacent to the tumor. Again, in this case, you can see the tumor that's in the bowel is vascular. When you go to the coronal view, you better appreciate the dilated bowel. You also appreciate the mass that's sitting in the bowel lumen. You also appreciate the desmoplastic reaction of the vessels, particularly off the SMA. And this is a great example, without doing a differential, of a carcinoid tumor. Vascular, you could think about a gist tumor. Adenocarcinoma, unlikely. Lymphoma, unlikely as vascular lesions. But also in terms of vessel encasement and vessel involvement, desmoplastic reaction, Hansing lesion, GIST versus carcinoid. This was a carcinoid tumor of the small bowel with desmoplastic reaction. So, 10 terrific cases. I hope you had a terrific time doing the cases. I hope you have a terrific day. And I hope you have a terrific month. See you next month. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao.